Okay, hello, welcome to the landmark 200th episode of Sack King's Therapy. Uh, in this episode, it is the calm before the NBA free agency storm. We had the calm before the draft storm uh, last episode. Now, in just a week, or just basically a few days since that episode, it is one day before the free agency period starts. Or honestly, it's already started behind the scenes, but Technically, you can't start agreeing to deals until tomorrow. I believe at 3 p.m. Pacific is when it starts. So uh, it is the calm before the storm currently, and we're just going to go over some free agency stuff, mostly revolving around the Kings and some around the national media as well. So uh, with me to talk about these topics is Fong. Hello. So uh, the biggest news that came out today about the Kings uh, let's start there, is that the Kings do not extend the qualifying offer to Dante DiVincenzo. Uh, had the Kings offered him the qualifying offer, it would have been $6.4 million, I think, was like the number that I remember. We'll just mm-hmm. say $6 million for, for the sake of, you mm-hmm. know, possibly not getting it wrong. Uh, but basically, it would have made him, and he would have had the option of taking the offer, or basically he could have go into restricted free agency to look for a longer term deal. Instead, the Kings just straight up don't extend it to him. And now he is an unrestricted free agent. The Kings have said to still have interest, but he is basically free to choose whatever team he wants. The Kings don't even have the right to match anymore. So what were your first thoughts when you heard this? Uh, To be honest, I feel like, we could find someone else to replace him. That's my opinion, but it's, I guess it's kind of weird how, you know, this whole process has been with him. Uh, I guess, I mean, it's really, we were talking before, it's really up to him really. uh, I mean, Dante to decide whether or not he wants to come back or not really. Right. Hmm. I mean, it's, yeah, as, as you mentioned, just weird. Like, why give him the qualifying or like, why basically give him the option of being unrestricted? Like, I don't want it to like just devolve all this into like talking about players like their assets, but like, why put yourself at a disadvantage in this way? Like, you know, it's he does have a certain cap hold on him. Maybe that's why. Like, James Ham talked about it. it this does open up cap space for the Kings. Um, it opens up a total of about $9 million in cap space after the cap uh, spike that happened uh, just today. That was announced today. But, like, why? Why do you need cap space for? Unless this is part of a bigger deal, this seems like a really bad move, honestly. You say he's replaceable, but at the same time, like, name a guy that you can get to replace him, like, for sure. Yeah, that's that's tough because so far we as the organization haven't made really big moves yet other than, you know, just uh, <laughs> re-signing a couple guys and that's about it. And I, I don't want to end to end up with like a, a situation like last season where we didn't make any trade moves until um, all-star break. And I mean, I, I'm kind of wishing that sometime from here on out, we're going to make some big moves and uh, acquire some good assets. Again, like, you know, you basically are going to be able, like, if he doesn't resign with the Kings, you let him walk away with nothing. And again, if you do yeah. not have anything lined up, 
you just basically gave again gave him up for absolutely nothing. It's a weird, it's a weird parallel to the to the bogey move. Although, like you know, that was actually restricted free agency that could have matched. But this time, you basically don't even really have the option of doing that. He might just walk for nothing. And a lot of people bring this up, like say, oh, the Kings had the second pick in the 2018 draft and came out with nothing. I'll say this, that was a sunk cost already. Marvin, like, it was amazing that you somehow got Dante out, out of Marvin anyways, and Trey Lyles and Josh, was it Josh Jackson? That was an amazing coup for a guy that, let's, let's be honest, doesn't have any value across the league and, you know, w- was done with this team. That was incredible value. Mm-hmm. Like, so, it, I mean, it's a sunk cost anyways. Like, it's whatever to me. I've already accepted that. We fucked that one up. Mm-hmm. Now... Do you think there's some under the table deal going on between Dante and the Kings? Uh, no, no, I don't know. There's no such thing as under the table. Everyone does it very, very legally. Everyone starts only negotiating at 6 p.m. Eastern yes, or tomorrow. So, you know, but again, the idea that you just let him, you're going to just let him walk is, yeah, suspicious. And the hope is there is something coming. Yeah, and we'll show we'll see. <laughs> However, about the replacement, like I look, I was very I'm very keen on seeing what Terrence Davis looks like with this new um with his new Kings roster with particularly with Sabonis because like he he is a good shooter, I think. Like he I thought he had a rough start to the season last year because they had to play Buddy Heald and he got the short end of the stick in terms of like his rotation spot. But then, like, when he did get to play, like, he was a pretty knockdown shooter. As long as he took open shots, the issue was he took a lot, takes a lot of um, really bad ones. But, like, he's a knockdown shooter. And, like, you know, he's a, he's a decent defender. He, he Probably not as good as Dante, not as good of a rebounder as Dante. But, like, I honestly thought, like, he could, he can probably, I think he would fit very well next to Sabonis. And honestly, probably could replace a good chunk of what Dante does, if not more. Yeah, I'm going to be honest. I trust Terrence Davis a lot more than, you know, what Buddy had in terms of just anything, to be honest, that Buddy has done for the Kings. Not to shade on Buddy, but I mean, overall, Terrence Davis, I'd say, is a more consistent player, I'd say. Uh, But hmm, you think he'll be starting or coming off the bench, you think? Um, Let's see what this turns out. Let's see what this roster turns out like. Like, there is a real possibility that Davion and Fox start next to each other. Like, you know, I can see that happening. Or, you know, again, you could, you could, Davion can come off the bench. But honestly, I'd rather go with Davion and Mitch, Davion and uh, Fox to start. Mm. I know that's a really tiny lineup, but like with Keegan Murray, with if you, now that you have like actual like wings, like, so let's see what happens with Barnes. But like, if you can like have some pretty big like forwards, and I think it can make it work. And like it, all of that falls on if Fox will play defense. Yeah. And it'll be pretty interesting to see him next to uh, Sabonis because I don't think we've ever seen Terrence Davis next we to Sabonis. Not. We yeah. did not. He got injured before we traded for him. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see because he is a very consistent, um, whatchamacallit, just catch and shoot shooter pretty much. Yeah. Um, James Ham did talk about like he did hear some stuff from people we talked to or in the Kings organization that 
they are in talks to bring in a frontline starter. Now, there's no clarity on what this person or who this person is, but apparently they are in talks. They're trying to get something done. So probably maybe they're maybe like they are maybe Monty knows what he's doing, and maybe there is a move coming. And if they're able to execute it by tonight, they could actually. So do you know what the the mid level is? Yeah. So the mid-level is kind of a tool that you can use when you're over the cap to sign a player. That's what it is. Like the, but you have to be over the cap first. Now, if you, if you, so the Kings are under the cap right now, so they don't have their mid-level. So, but if they, if they go into next season with the, with the cap, the $9 million cap space, they're not going to have their mid-level. But if you do get someone, if you do execute a trade tonight, you'll actually be over the cap most likely. And if you're over the cap and you go into next fiscal year, which based on the next league year, you'll have, you'll be over the cap and have your mid level. Does that make sense? Yeah, it's, I mean, I'm no GM, so (laughs) it kind of makes sense. But yeah, the, the idea is that basically if you do do trade for someone, you get that player and you keep your mid level. So you have like t- another tool to be able to sign another player is basically the, uh, the point of it. So let's see if they execute something tonight. I'm ke- keeping an eye on my phone. I'm not seeing any Twitter notifications, so nothing is happening yet. Um, but yes, uh, they're hopefully them just letting Dante go like this doesn't come back to haunt them. Well, we'll get, have to see. Uh, in other in other news, Kings do pick up Trey Lyles' $2.6 million option. I like it. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, yeah. $2.6 million. He's a good player. Not really a starter, but, like, he's a, he, he's overqualified to be – I think he's he'd be a perfect backup. Oh, yeah. I mean, he's – I want to say, like, Rashawn in any ways, but he's definitely a good, like, uh, backup for sure. Like he's big, he rebounds well, he can shoot. Like he, he's a good player, and you know for two point six, that's great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm kind of surprised it's kind of that low. Then again, I mean he hasn't done so well with other teams in the past. I mean he's been fine. Like he he played with Jokic, and like you know he was young at that point, and then like he was in Detroit. Like they're not trying to win. It is what it is. Mm-hmm. He's a fine player. Oh yeah. Um, Namias Keda uh, has been offered the qualifying order, qualifying offer. Why does why did I write order here? The he so he becomes a restricted free agent uh, on July first. Chances are there's not really going to be anyone offering him anything substantial, so he's probably coming back. Um, Metsu's contract has been has now been guaranteed. Um, they had till the end of the night to guarantee it, and he is he basically is resigned for one point nine million. So that's pretty cool. That's pretty good too. Uh, Jordy Fernandez will be coaching the King's Summer League. There were some people mm. asking whether Mike Brown would. He is not. It is be Jordy <laughs> Fernandez. And then uh, Sasha Vizenkov, Vizenkov, uh will not be at Summer League, but there is a good chance he might be coming over uh, for training camp uh, with the Kings when that happens. And apparently he also has a 750K buyout for his Euro contracts. And that is not a lot of money in, in NBA terms. That's a lot of money in real life. But like, you know, in NBA terms, that's not a lot of money. And there's a good chance he might be coming over uh, this next year. Mm, that's interesting. I haven't seen too many highlights from him. So maybe I'll search up something from him. 
So people are comparing him to a little bit more of an athletic boat uh, belly. Okay. Yeah. Yep, a lefty shooter. A lot of left-handed players on this team, by the way. Oh, oh no. yeah. <laughs> so yeah, like he's a left. He's a lefty shooter. Can shoot. He's got some size, and he's a bit slow, kind of like Billy, but a little bit more athletic. A little bit more pop mm-hmm. to him. Huh? I guess we'll see. Like I said, I will get some highlights, but uh, going back to Jordy Fernandez uh, coaching the summer league. Oh, what happened to Bobby Jackson? Is he still going to be around for the summer league? Um, We don't know. I don't know if he's actually included in that list where basically like Rico Hines still doesn't know if he's coming back yet. Oh, really? Um, well, I think Stacy, I think it was Lindsey Harding. I think Lindsey Harding would be part of the coaching staff for Summer League, I think. But like in terms of Rico Hines, they still don't know what's going on with him. Oh, man. Yeah. If I remember uh, watching some highlights, I, I believe I saw uh, Lindsey in uh, the Summer League championship game. But uh, yeah, that's, I don't know, because as of right now, it is going to be a big coaching uh, staff if, uh, we keep everyone sadly yeah um we'll see like i I, just, I don't know what the what the hubbub with this is it's, it seems like a mess uh in the front office like all around the organization they just got to kind of get stuff figured out like there's been a lot of people that, that have been leaving as well like that's an under an underrated thing about an organization when you have this much turnover it it can get a little messy and i guess they're just it's taking they're taking some time to like straighten things out and I think we'll know soon who's staying on the staff and who's not. Mm. Oh yeah. Um, in ter- so in other kind of like free agent news for the Kings, so the salary cap is jumping from one twelve to one hundred twelve million to one hundred twenty three million. A pretty substantial change, as we mentioned, with uh, them rescinding the uh, qualifying offer to Dante Divincenzo. The Kings have about nine million dollars in cap space. Not a crazy amount, but like they can absorb up to, I believe, 130 or 120 percent, basically up to around 13 million in deals uh, is how much they can absorb without having to really send back any salary. Um, So I just thought of some candidates that I would really love to see the Kings go after, for the most part, realistic. Okay, like Mm -hmm. I didn't I didn't bring up Kevin Durant. I didn't bring up Kyrie Irving. There's a reason why I don't think the Kings are getting them, although it would be nice. I don't think it's happening, but mm-hmm. these are the more realistic. Uh, these are the more realistic targets. So the first one I want to first one I want to ask you about OG Adenobi. How much how much are you willing to give up for him? Oh gosh, it's it's gonna be a lot, and by a lot I mean our probably our best uh, trade asset, which is Harrison Barnes, and who knows what more. Uh, Actually, how much is OG making? I think around match? 18 this year, if I remember right. It's not a lot. It's actually a very reasonable contract. Uh, now, I don't think Toronto would need Barnes, in my opinion. I mean, everyone would like a Barnes, of course, in their team, but Toronto's going to have to also give up something else to match that uh, contract. Because well, Barnes... well, so he's earning seven. He's going to earn eighteen next year, and Barnes, I believe, is at eighteen because oh. of his declining scale. So you might be able to do one for one. I mean, the only reason why this is even talked about is because there has been reports that OG wants a bigger role on another team, 
And like, it, honestly, it doesn't make much sense that they, for them to move them, him off. That I, I feel the same way about the Pascal Siakam stuff. Is like, why do you want to move him? But like, I mean, if the if those talks are real, if he wants a bigger role, like I would, I would be willing to trade Barnes for him. You're trading for a younger version of Barnes, essentially. Mm. That's true, but like I said, is there a need uh, for Barnes in Toronto? I mean, like you know, he's a he's a wing. He can shoot. Like you know, there there's always like need for a guy like Barnes, and then also like you know we're gonna have to attach a pick to this, and it's gonna be one of our picks, and like I guess you can do like top eight protected, possibly, like would be where I would go and like see if Masai bites on it. Probably not. He's gonna want another one. Um, the asking price for OG when it when the Trailblazers were talking to them was the seventh pick, another pick. And then Josh, Josh Hart, or one of the other guys that they, I forgot who the other guy was, but that was basically the price. Ooh, that's, that's pretty steep. <laughs> that's a, that should have been like an added player from Toronto. Yeah. Yeah. There probably is an added player there, but like, I, honestly, I, I would give that up. Like, and maybe do a, mm. maybe do a pick swap, maybe not two pick. Like there, there's gotta be protections to the picks, of course, but at the same time, like, Two picks for OG and Anobi. Look, you, you gotta you gotta make a move at some point. And OG is a guy I that would fit perfectly on this team. And I think he fills such a huge need for this team. I will kick the tires on that if if Messiah is willing to do that. Yeah, but I mean, this is the Kings, and our uh, assets are pretty limiting. I guess you could say. I mean, if it were to be a Barnes for OG. Mm, I would be still a little skeptical in my opinion. I mean, like, again, if it's, if it's a one-for-one, one, I would do it. Again, you're getting a younger version and arguably a better player on the court. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think I think that'd be perfect. He would fit this team perfectly. Of course, Barnes would theoretically fit too, but Barnes is more of a four himself, not really a three. And this team needs needs a three. Mm. I see. Oh. We'll see if the talks are true then. <laughs> okay. Um, so Lottie Walker apparently is not returning to the Spurs. Uh, I don't know what the contract situation, I don't know the personal dynamics behind it, but the fact that he is available, like, would you, I'd be willing to kick the tires on him if the, if the price isn't too steep. Oh, yeah. He's been, I would say, up and coming in the past couple of years. I mean, he had a slow start in the beginning when he was a spur, but he's been building himself up uh, to become a pretty good player. I mean, hmm, uh, would Rashawn be too much for him? No, I think that'd be great. Oh, yeah? You think uh, Rashawn for Lonnie, one for one? I don't think that works. As I, I don't know what his contract is, actually. I feel like it, it was cheap because I don't recall them uh, – extending or giving him more than uh his you know usual rookie contract was at the time i, I think he's still on his contract whoever <laughs> is still on his rookie contract actually let me check Jeez. yeah he's still on his rookie contract actually he has a qualifying offer of six million dollars um so yeah uh, it seems like yeah he's pretty cheap like you honestly if you can tr- if you can sign a trade him to 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 hear like and just trade Rashawn over that'd be great and if they're really like serious about moving off a Yaka Pertle like Rashawn is a great replacement hmm 
Oh, although, I, although to be fair, I don't know what the Spurs are doing. Well, I know what they're doing. They're trying to get Victor Wanyambama, but you know, like it, they're they're going in another direction, and maybe they don't want Rashad. Maybe they'll trade Rashad for more picks. Who knows? Hmm. Maybe. I mean, I feel like Lonnie Walker is such a big asset for the Spurs that a lot of teams would like Lonnie, and it'll be pretty tough to you know convince a. Uh, whoever the GM is in the Spurs to, uh, you know, make this kind of trade, I guess. I want to say it's R.C. Buford. Don't quote me on that, but I think it's R.C. Buford. Mm-hmm. But I think Lonnie would be great. Although, like, he's listed at 6'4". He looks like he, he looks a little taller, in my opinion. But, like, I don't know. He's listed at 6'. Oh, no, that's I'm on OG's page. Never mind. Oh. <laughs> I'll say. But he's, like, a 6'4 guard. Like, but he plays bigger. He plays up, as far as I know. Like, I think he would fit perfectly. Like, especially if the Kings are not going to be able to get uh, Dante back. There is a bit of a hole at the shooting guard position. And Lonnie Ooh. is good, I think. Oh, yeah. He would be a good replacement. Uh, he, I mean, he could have been taller if it weren't for his haircut. Possibly. I mean, already, he, did, he did cut his hair, so. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, well, this one's an interesting one. So. I, the reason why I wanted to trade up in the draft to get uh, Chet Holmgren was because Chet could shoot and protect the rim, uh, the mythical three and D center. Now, of course, we did not get Chet and probably aren't getting Chet. Uh, and the Kings do need a rim protector in Dexas Sabonis. Like he, he's just he's not going to protect the rim much up, down there. He's just, that's just not his game. But if you can find a rim-protecting center who also shoots threes, that is a great fit next to Sabonis. So I present to you, I didn't like him when he came to the draft because he said he did not want to come to Sacramento, and he was and he's been rotting in Orlando ever since. Mo Bamba. So the or, the Magic are heavily rumored to be pursuing Isaiah Hartenstein, which means they're not going to have much, and they did not extend the qualifying offer to Mo Bamba either. I think. So, like, Mo Bamba is a free agent. Should the Kings look at him? I mean, I'm not trading Barnes for him. I'll no, he's an unrestricted free agent. Oh, unrestricted. I'm, I'm sorry. I would I would definitely look for him, to be honest. Uh, him next to Sabonis, that'd be a, that's an interesting pairing, <laughs> now that I think about it. And you were saying, like, oh, he's too skinny to do that. He Like, you could just put a wing on him. Or like he's gonna get bullied by actual fives. No, Sabonis got that taken care of. He can take he can take care of the fives, and Mo Bamba can hang out on a wing. Like it's fine, and then he can block shots because he's super long, and he can shoot. He he showed some. He showed me something last year. He can shoot. Hmm. Oh yeah. I mean, it's perfect for our system. Just uh, I don't know. We've been kind of I guess shitting on him for quite a while. <laughs> I mean, again, the, the, I, 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 just, I guess I took a little too personally when he said he didn't want to come to Sacramento at all. And, you know, he ended up in Orlando where he's, he had been rotting for a while. I'm just saying, like, you might, well, to be fair, if he came to the Kings, I don't think he would, he would get more playing time just because we all, we've always needed a player like him. Yeah, <laughs> that's for sure. Well, I mean, we'll see what kind of, deal was out there like what what would you be willing to take him for uh give or take you can use the mle on him i don't care yeah so like 10 million 10 million a year like 30 million over three like i don't mind that yeah 
I, I guess I would, if I were the Kings, I would keep it in the back of my mind because, I mean, to be honest, as long as we make something happen, I, I'll be pretty happy about it. Okay. So this was reported. This was uh, reported by Matt Moore. Matt Moore is oh, he works for the Action Network for basically kind of a stats gambling like statistics site. Basically, he he puts out a lot of numbers um, that basically about the betting line and all that stuff. He's not really a news reporter, but he is he is like part of the NBA media. But he did he did uh, put out there in an article saying that the Kings could be a I don't want to say a dumping ground, but like kind of a trade destination for Tobias Harris. If the Sixers are willing to re-engage in trade talks, what do you think of that? Mm. Ah, man, it's it's going to be another Barnes trade for sure. This and... one, I think we'll take Barnes and Barnes and Holmes for this because like it is yeah. a lot of money and it possibly is. a third player. We might even have to throw in Justin Holiday. This, I mean, it is a lot of money. If it's those three players, it, I mean, we're definitely going to want to have something back for sure. So yeah, um, Tobias, like he's a good player, but like he earns a lot of money. Like Jimmy, but Jimmy Butler, like roasting him after they after they beat the uh, after they beat the seventy uh, sixers. Were like was I mean it was a bit uncalled for, but man, I was savage. Like the fact that he earns basically forty million dollars to be a third option, that's an incredible deal for Tobias Harris. <laughs> but he is a good player. Lost it all that he is a good player, and I'm not that opposed to it. But like it is a lot of money. We better get something back. Like you you mentioned when we were talking off, off air, it was you know Matisse Thybul. Matisse might not be enough because like Matisse is very he's a, he's useless on offense and like without an elite rim protector back there like a Joel Embiid he's not as good as good of a defender as people think he is hmm. yeah I mean going back to Tobias uh it's this one's a tough one I don't know if I would take the risk if I were the Kings because I mean I, I would rather prefer Barnes and you know keep whatever assets we have now and just find a better offer probably in the future. Here's a fun little story. There, there was a, there was a headline a few years ago and basically I think it was about a 10 game stretch. I want to say where mm-hmm. Tobias did not hit a single three, a 10 game stretch. Remember that? Okay. You want to know what the headline was during that mm-hmm. time? No, I can't. I can't recall any headlines about Tobias. Ben Simmons needs to shoot more threes. Yeah. That, that's how low key he's been. It's incredible. Man earns about 36 goddamn million dollars, gets no like criticism whatsoever from the Philly crowd, and just is allowed to go on with his life. It, it's one of the most amazing stories I've heard just because Again, the guy, he was the highest paid player for a while until Joel Embiid signed that extension. He was the highest paid player on that team. And again, he's a good player, but man, he, he got a great deal. <laughs> Being low-key in the Sixers crowd and that much money, I, <laughs> I take it, yeah. 
Okay, yeah. let's let's uh let's move on uh, really quickly. I don't want to I don't want to continue shitting on Tobias Harris. He's a good player, just mm-hmm. gets paid a little too much. Yeah. Um, this this is part of my Warriors fandom, but like, would you be willing to offer like Kavon Looney? Like, I think the ML would you offer him the full MLE, which is ten million dollars? I would. Yeah, I mean he kind he deserves it ever since you know joining the Warriors from and- us from us from us. Mm-hmm. I, to be honest, I wouldn't mind it. I don't know what are your thoughts. I mean, I would take him, but in the same vein as like in the same vein as Matisse Thybul, Kevon Looney pretty situationally useful for the most part because without Steph, they, like he can't shoot, not real, can't really, not a not an amazing passer, good on defense, but like very, very slow and like right behind uh, Draymond and one of the worst finishers in the league. Very situational. I'll just say his effectiveness, although he was amazing this playoff run. Yeah, probably it's because uh, my dots are of him during the playoffs, but I mean, a player like him, I think 10 million is a decent chunk for him, uh, especially if he does Hmm, what do you think? Will he play, be playing off the bench or starting? You think that's another question? That's actually kind of tough. I I mean, you pay the center that much. I mean, it, actually, 10 million, like he'd come off the bench. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's I was thinking, is oh, he, he should be fine next to the bonus, but I don't know what kind of <laughs> I don't know about that either. It's like a it can work, but at the same time, it, it could be a liability, in my opinion. Uh, what about in the same vein, GP two? Mm, same, uh, same kind of contract. You mean? I think you can actually go cheaper with him. I think cheaper. you can like. I think you can go like eight million dollars with him. Hmm. Yeah, I, I mean, I wouldn't mind it either. Uh, kind of replaces, I guess, the Dante role, but. Uh, he's definitely not a starter caliber, in my opinion. Definitely off the bench. I think he can start on this team. Mm-hmm. I think he'd be fine. Like, start him next because, like, he can guard forwards, he can guard wings. And, like, with if De'Aaron isn't gonna get better on defense, like, you need a defensive player next to him. That's why I want Davion starting next to him. But GB2 slots right in to the, mm-hmm. to the Dante spot. Like to be fair, although the, the issue with him is that he's basically a six three center on offense, can't really handle the ball, not really an initiator, but like a great lob threat, a great, like, you know, fast break guy. And if you can get enough stops, like he's a, he's a transition monster too. Mm-hmm. Like I, he, I, you can talk me into him a lot easier than Kavon Looney. But I, I mean, I would like, if you, if you are willing to throw like 10 million at him, like I'm down for that. He's a good player. He's a winning player for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, it's. I guess it's still tough for me to think about because I, I still think he's kind of like that off the bench type uh, caliber player. Yeah, but like off the bench, whatever. I, I think I think he can. I think he can stick uh, in the starting lineup. Spacing would be an issue, but it's he can shoot the three. He's not terrible there. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, both aren't uh, bad options, I'd say, but I. I wouldn't want to say uh, it's another keep in the back of my mind, uh, you know, just in case nothing else falls through. 
Um, James Ham brought this up. What about kicking the tires on uh, DeLon Wright? <laughs> Bringing him back? Jeez. <laughs> for $5 million a year. He, he said $5 million for two years. I'm like, eh, that's, disres- that's disrespectful. I think you can get him. I think you got to put like 10 for two years. Like uh, like $5 million, $5 million a year, let's just say. Uh, yeah, sure. Uh, I'd do it, but geez, how old is he now? He's sure. uh in his late 20s. I want to say 29, I'm not sure. Mm. Uh, I wouldn't mind him back, but uh, I don't know. Something in me says I don't care if he comes back or not. Okay, so I mean, I would take him back if you can get him for five million a year. That's great. Yeah, why? Why is it so low? Actually, geez, I don't know. I, I imagine the open market will pay him more, but no. I mean, most places don't have cap space, and like even if you have cap space, but you don't really need to pay him much. Um, yeah. I, I don't know. I like James Ham said like two point five million a year. That is low. I think you can get him for more, or mm-hmm. you need to pay more to get him. Let's um, see. So, go, so, go ahead. Oh, oh yeah. So how how did he leave the Kings again? I forgot. If it Traded was... for Tristan Thompson, essentially. Oh, oh, I see. <laughs> I see. That one. That one. Well. Yeah, I, I see. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna have to think about it pretty long just for him uh, to think about him coming back. To be honest. Okay, let's round this out uh, with some more national news. Um, so John Wall has uh, gotten a buyout from the Rockets, is expected to sign with the Clippers. And the first, my first thought was actually he should have signed with Boston or like Boston specifically should have seeked him out because, you know, they just lost the finals. And I thought one of the big reasons why is because they didn't have a point guard and had to rely on Marcus Smart to be their point guard. And he's way too hit or miss for my liking. And I just thought having a stable point guard to just – you know, stay just like a stable point guard that sets everyone up, gets everyone in their position, gets everyone shots, like was what they needed. But instead he goes to the Clippers, which is honestly a better situation for John Wall because before this finals run, I used to call Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown the kind of middle-class version of Kawhi and PG, or honestly, in this case, the healthy versions of those guys. And, you know, the Clippers have always needed a point guard. Like they signed Rondo and I thought that was a great signing, but it just didn't work out. But like John Wall is a better player than Rondo was, I think two years ago. So I thought this is a good signing for the Clippers. If it goes through, it technically has not gone through yet, but he's expected to sign with the Clippers. Mm, well, we'll see tomorrow, but yeah, that's a kind of interesting uh, place. <laughs> I mean, uh, in my opinion, yeah, if he were to go to Boston, it'd be more of a, how I say it, they've been to the finals, I guess you could say. It's like, uh, uh, I don't know what the word is. Yeah, I don't know what the word well, is. I'm I, trying to help I, you. But. I, I guess a for sure thing that they'll make it that far, but with the Clippers, I mean, we've talked about it in the past. It's it's just a kind of a health issue between Kawhi and PG to uh, maintain their way through the regular season all the way to the playoffs and see if they could, you know, actually get some play time. My, I know my worry is that they've just been out for so long. You just, you can't rely on them. 
And I, I know like last time what, you know, Kawhi was healthy throughout the entire playoff run. They got to the final. Actually, it wasn't. They blew, they fucking blew it, blew it in the bubble. They choked in the bubble. So it's like, I don't know what to think of the Clippers. They probably are the biggest threats of the Warriors in the West because the, the Lakers downfall, the, the, the Phoenix Suns are basically going to be the Utah Jazz next year. Like there aren't that many threats to the Warriors. The Clippers talent wise, they are a threat. And John Wall adding that, again, that point guard presence to set, just to kind of get everyone in their position and not have to rely on Kawhi and PG to do all the playmaking. Like that's a win for the Clippers. Mm, oh yeah, that's for sure. But also like Boston needs that point guard. Like in a perfect world, they should have traded for Ricky Rubio and in a perfect world, Ricky Rubio doesn't get injured. But like, that's the kind of guy they need. And honestly, to a certain degree, why not kick the tires on Rondo? See if you can get Rondo. I, I know he's on Cleveland right now and they're probably not going to let him go. But like Rondo would actually, I think, would work theoretically. But you might need a, a better guy than Rondo. But mm. that kind of player. Mm, I mean, yeah. Who knows? Full Come, <laughs> come full circle. Uh, bring Rondo back to Boston. Yeah. So, that, I mean, again, a, a good point guard that can set up some – that can just set everyone up and not have to rely on Mark Smart. Like I love Marcus Mono de- defense, except the flopping. But like he ain't he ain't the answer on offense. Like he's just too erratic there. And I thought he had turned the corner after the Nets series. But like against, let's be honest, better teams who know how to like make you work on de- make you work on offense. Their defense can make you work. Like you need a better point. You need a better decision maker. That's you know then you and you can't rely on. Marcus Smart to make plays. You can't rely on Tatum and Brown to make to be all the to be the playmakers. You just can't. It's just too much work workload for them. Mm-hmm. And so yeah, John Wall would have been perfect, but let's see what they do. Yeah, I mean they haven't made too many moves this offseason so far, right? I don't think they've made any. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, we'll see. So okay, well let's move on to the to one of the teams that they beat, Kate. Okay? The KD and Kyrie situation, or specific, specifically the Kyrie situation. So Kyrie and uh, the Nets basically couldn't reach an agreement. I have read from Shams that it was a good-natured um, discussion. It wasn't anything like that blew up in their face or anything. But basically, they just could not come to a compromise on terms. Like uh, Kyrie basically wanted a two-year deal with a player option. Um, the Nets wanted a four-year deal with a team option for the last two years and like with incentives about games played, but they simply couldn't reach a agreement. And there was actually talk about, you know, would Kyrie opt into his 37 million contract? Would he actually opt out of his contract and sign for the mid-level somewhere, particularly the Lakers? That that was the big one. But instead he opts in, meaning he is going to opt into his $37 million contract and they're going to figure it out from there. And I guess my, my question to you, if you had the choice, say, two, three years ago before the bubble, like, would you have actually, like, I think, I think the Kings did have cap space, but probably not enough for both of them. But, like, let's just say theoretically, if they were able to sign KD and Kyrie, would you have done it? Oh, man, at the time, I probably would have. But nowadays, it's like, hmm. It's kind of like I could kind of foresee the downfall from uh, however, you know, 
kind of assets they have to give up and uh, whatchamacallit, just the team, what it would be if, you know, Kyrie or Katie did leave. I mean, like, honestly, I still would do it. Oh, yeah. You just said no, but okay. Uh, Like, you know, even to this day, I still would do it because they they were basically, you know, a Kevin Durant toe away from possibly winning the championship that year. But, like, the idea is that they KD is really good. Kyrie, when he plays, is really good. And there's no vaccine mandate here so in Sacramento. So he would have been able to play. And, like, I just think of what I like. I, I would sell my soul to get a championship. I don't care. Some people are trying to do some bullshit, like, you know, um, what's it called? Bullshit. Uh, what, what's the word? Revisionist history. What what should the Lakers have done the AD deal? One hundred fucking thousand percent they should have done the AD deal. They won a goddamn championship. I I would do that. I would do that deal. I would I would I would move to Seattle. I would move the Kings to Seattle to do that deal. That's how far I would go because they won the fucking championship. That's what matters. Oh, oh, did oh, did they give up all their future assets? Sure. Who gives a fuck? They won a goddamn title. Who cares? It's so like so. I just think this was a championship-worthy team. Now, granted, they got punked by the Celtics in the first round, but at the same time, like they didn't have Simmons. Although I don't know if they would have won with Simmons, but they probably would have helped. But at the same time, like it's a championship-worthy team, and like. I would have done it. I would have sold my soul for that championship. Mm. That being said, this Kyrie situation, talk about just like the, the one of the most frustrating guys to cheer for to a certain degree, one of the most frustrating guys to have on your team. And the fact that KD left Steph Curry for this shit, one of the dumbest fucking moves in history. <laughs> um, it's just like, I mean, this do you think the do you think the era the era of the mercenary team, kind of like jumping from team to team, like p- throwing all your eggs as a front office into a free agent basket, is that era over? I feel like after the KD and Kyrie, it would be <laughs> for sure. I think so too. I just think like. Because, well, like with Kyrie and KD, they got rid of Kenny Atkinson. And apparently one of the big reasons was they because Kenny Atkinson wouldn't play DeAndre Jordan, which he was right to do so. <laughs> and like they basically tore up everything that they had for these two guys who, let's be honest, very moody, very moody people, very erratic people, two people with very erratic behavior. And basically now that things have kind of blown up in their face, particularly on the Kyrie front. We don't really know much about the Kevin Durant front, although there is a report saying that he is he is looking around and considering his options. Like, yeah, I think the mercenary era is over. Like, the team, like, basically, the when LeBron, like, first formed the Miami Heat, the, I think that era is over. I think most teams are just going to basically try to try their best to keep their superstars happy and try to build a team around them. Because like someone had pointed out, I think James Edwards was the one, the last four champions have, have been, you know, I guess naturally built for lack of a better word. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like straight up uh, came from the draft and built upon that. Right. Yeah. And, you know, you know, just the, but 
at the same time, you go back two more years before that, that wasn't exactly, I mean, that was naturally built. They just added Kevin Durant, but <laughs> like still, you, you, you get what I mean. It's like, you know, naturally built through the draft. They added one or two pieces and they ended up becoming a champion. Like, yeah, I think the, I think the days of mercenary, the mercenary NBA, like player empowerment is still going to be a thing. But at the same time, I think just everyone, all their, all the best players kind of grouping up to play together. I think those days are over, especially since Kevin Durant left the Warriors and you didn't have to do that to beat the Warriors. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, who knows? Maybe sometime in the future it may happen again. But yeah, from here on now, it's tough to think of uh, – another like super team getting together in like just one specific uh city i guess you're snake in your living room what does that sound i have no idea some washing dishes whatever <laughs> whatever but yeah i just thought i just thought it was interesting because like i still would sell my soul for a championship but at the same time like these are the most two the two most destructive disruptive destructive kind of personalities you can you can do in terms of just how again just how kind of lack of self-awareness and like Kevin Durant's gotten better over the years but the lack of self-awareness from Kyrie is incredible and the fact that he is just so again just doesn't seem to see the damage that he causes to the to his co-workers and the people around him like the lack the ignorance of, about him and like the like you just uh, to a certain degree, the arrogance of what he does. It's just fuck. You got to tie your franchise to this fucking guy. It's like, man. Yeah, but like you said, if it wins you or gets you the finals, <laughs> I mean, you gotta do what you gotta do, right? You gotta say it with me. Who gives a fuck? <laughs> oh yeah. Um, okay. Yeah. Anyways, um, do you think? Do, do you think Kyrie State is going to play with the Nets next year? Now that's tough. <laughs> it depends on what's in Kyrie's mind. <laughs> yeah, and right. for Lakers fans who want to trade Russ for him, yeah, go go yeah go go dream go to your like another dimension. It ain't happening in this one. It's never going to happen. <laughs> yeah, I thought that. I just thought that was funny. The Lakers fans are so desperate to get rid of Westbrook. And by the way. They're they have heavy interest in Buddy Heel. For Westbrook, though, not for Westbrook. They just have interest. Now, the, the, I say have interest because they don't have jack shit to trade for him. But you know, they have interest. Yeah, I mean, they had interest last season. Well, too late now. Yeah, I think think they know they felt they fucked up on that one. Yeah, definitely did. Should have done the R deal, but. Oh. Also, by the way, if you get Buddy Hill right now, he doesn't really solve much. He he doesn't play defense. That's your issue. Yeah, they're gonna have to do. Doesn't solve much. I'm sorry. I mean, if they could somehow trade Westbrook, I mean, that would solve a bunch of more issues. I don't think so. Like it's still like sure, Buddy can shoot, but he's not gonna play defense. Doesn't solve that much that many more of your because you gave up KCP and you didn't re-sign Alex Caruso. That was kind of the downfall of the team. You you for, you forgot that you need guys to play defense. 
Mm-hmm. And you know, God bless Darvin Ham. Like God bless his soul for <laughs> taking that job. We'll see how if he can make it work. I've heard very good things about him. We'll see if he's a miracle worker. He's gonna need to work a miracle to get this bullshit to work. Yeah, he's gonna have to pray, <laughs> pray every single day for this to be fixed. Also, shout out to Will Hardy for getting hired by the Jazz. Like, we'll see if he's a really good coach and like if the Kings might have messed up on this one. I don't know. Like, you know, it, it's hard to say, but like, I think we, I think we did good with the Mike Brown. Oh yeah, for sure. It'll be interesting okay. to see. Sorry, go ahead. Oh, it'll be interesting to see uh, how he does it with the Jazz because, um, yeah, he's he's uh, pretty fairly new in terms of the coaching scene and. Uh, what you might call it. I mean, who knows what the Jazz will be like next uh, season because of all the, I guess, behind the scenes with them. Okay, let's move on. Uh, so Spurs trade DeJounte Murray to the Hawks for three picks and a swap for, for okay, they trade DeJounte Murray to the Hawks for three picks, a pick swap, and Danilo Gallinari. I was shocked at this deal. I was like, when I first saw the when I first saw the reports, I thought that was just such bullshit that they were going to trade Dejounte Murray and that they were going to ask for a Drew Holiday return. Well, they were a pick short, but they basically got a mini Drew Holiday return for Dejounte Murray. Yeah, that's just, I don't know. Do you think it's too much for Dejounte or too like I don't know? It feels like a lot for Dejounte. Uh, I don't think so. Like, if you look at those picks, a lot of them are protected, and one of them isn't even theirs, and one of them is the uh, is the Hornets pick. So, like, uh, it doesn't really matter. I mean, like, I think it's a great, great move for the Hawks. Like, you you add an all-star point guard, even though I honestly I didn't think he was an all-star, my opinion, but, like, he's a really, really good player. Like, he's a big point guard, a tall ball handler, you know, great on defense. Granted, you, you're playing next to Trey Young. I don't know you'll ever have a great defense with him on the court. But, like, you know, you add a, you add a really good player, an up-and-coming up and, up and player, a young player who can do a lot of things and also, also address a lot of your issues to a certain degree. You know, what, you, you get more wing defense. You finally get Trey Young to play off ball. You add talent around him. It's a, it's a, good, it's a good deal for the Hawks. And, you know, for the Spurs, they're trying to tank. Yeah, now that you mention it, it'll be a pretty interesting front court for the Hawks too, because I, I would say they have a pretty good front court as of right now. So they're still trying to trade John Collins, and reports are they're also trying to tra- trade for trade Kevin Herter as well. I wouldn't, I wouldn't hate it if the Kings somehow got their hands on Kevin Herter. I like mm. Kevin Herter. Oh, oh, are we still in the talks with John Collins though? Um, I haven't heard anything. that like the. I th- like so. I saw a report that said they're still tr- not not the Kings, but like the Hawks are still trying to trade John Collins. It doesn't mention specifically the Kings, but they are still trying to trade him. Hmm. Ooh. One or the other, I guess. Why I not to... both? <laughs> Why not both? Hmm. <laughs> Can we fit them in our rotations? I know for sure, probably one, but another. Why couldn't we? Mets Chemezi Metsu was in our rotation last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, that's true. Like, no, the Kings could use talent like that. If they could somehow pull out that trade, that's great. 
Well, let's see. I, I mean, I would I would love Kevin Herter. Like you talk about a shooting guard like guy. Like he's six seven. He could definitely be a shooting guard. He'd probably end up being a three more than anything. I don't think he can hold up on defense, but same thing with John Collins. But like that's talent, and you get the talent and figure it out later will be where I would go. And if they're still trying to shop those guys, look, look, man, I know it's probably going to take like probably at least two picks. Let's go for it, man. Like, just, just do it at this point, mm. because I don't care about these picks. I really don't just, just, just put them out there. Let, let them have it and just do what you got to do to get some talent on this team. Because if you're serious about making the playoffs, you're going to need a lot more right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's for sure. Okay. Um, anything else you want to talk about? Um, you you mentioned Bradley Beal earlier. Yeah, Bradley Beal and uh, James Harden. I mean, they both declined, but uh, we talked about the James Harden or oh wait, during our break, uh, halfway through, and uh, yeah, I mean, it's kind. Of, I don't know. <laughs> we'll we'll see how much he'll uh, uh, he'll get for either you know resigning with the Sixers or not. Let me ask your opinion. Should the Wizards sign him for the Supermax? Are we talking about Beal or? Beal. Uh, hmm. uh, gosh, what is the Supermax nowadays? I think the last year is like 50 something million. It's basically like 200. And it's, I, I think it's upwards of like possibly even 300 million over five years at this point. Jeez. About like just under possibly. Yeah. I mean, You'll never see a, a person, or was it a star like him? But oh man, I disagree. Just because is he a bit overrated at this point? Like, is he definitively better than Zach Levine at this point? Mm. He is getting up there in age. No, he's about uh, 26, 27. He's not that old. Is he really? Jeez, he's I not, thought he was. He's not that old, but at the same time, it, like again, is he definitively better than Zach Levine? No, yeah. I would say he is, but at the same time, is he a hundred, like $50 million more than Zach Levine is? And by the way, that's an overpay for Zach Levine anyways, but that my point is, you're a shit team for the most part, and like, when you're when you can't even make the playoffs, like, you can, like they're in the same position we were in, honestly. Granted, I, Beal got injured the second half of the season, but like, even with him, you're still just about a play-in team. And because of that big ass fucking contract, you can't really add talent around him. Mm. Yeah, he's uh, man. He's definitely gonna have to get a little pay cut, but I mean, that's depending on what the Wizards acquired to you know surround him, and if he stays healthy for next season, some more talent to surround him to even you know maintain their pace onto you know making the playoffs. But again, like they uh, should have mentioned, they made a trade today. They traded away KCP for Monte Morris. And, no, um, okay, so KCP and Ish Smith for Monte Morris and Will Barton. Like, it's, it's a decent enough move. Like, I don't think it moves the needle for either side. I think it moves the needle for the Nuggets probably more, theoretically. But at the same time, like, you look at the Wizards, like, sure, they probably got a, an, a, a talent upgrade, but it's not a substantial one. And again, because of Beal's contract, you cannot really add anything substantial around him, like a second mm-hmm. star around him. Like, unless KP is that guy, but we found out he wasn't that guy next to Luca. 
And like, what makes you think that he's going to be next to Beal? Yeah, like, man, it's it's a tough situation. But I mean, there's not many teams that would, you know, kind of match his kind of contract elsewhere. If no one's going to gonna match that contract, no. Yeah, so definitely he's going to have to get a pay cut, whether it's with the Wizards or, you know, elsewhere. Well, the, well, here, here's also the other reality. Even if he takes a pay cut, it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. I see, yeah. So, like, he might as well take the money. But if you're the Wizards, like, uh, I know he want, I know he was willing to stay in D.C., and that probably means something. But if he really, if he really wants to win, he, he needs to take a really big pay cut. Like, he takes that Supermax – and like, and no one should ever say like, well, man, the Wizards are wasting Beal. No, that dude signed on the line. It's his fucking fault that he's stuck in DC doing, doing fuck all with his career. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. Yeah. If it were to, jeez, oh, I can't imagine him being paid like into 20s, to be honest. 20s? No, it's, it's going to start with the 40s. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like if he were to get a pay cut, and if it, if it were to make a like a needle mover move, it's gonna have to be a that kind of big of a pay cut. Yeah, yeah. I, just, it, I don't know what what the deal is. Like, it's just they 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 needed they, the Wizards just needed to say like, I, I know you want to be here. We're just gonna trade you. I know that comes with some bad juju as well. Like the DeMarcus, the, the vibes of DeMarcus, like, departure from the Kings, but at the same time, like, at a certain point, you just gotta, you gotta pull the trigger, and, like, mm-hmm. it's probably not gonna work. I don't see it working anytime soon, like, but, you know, you never know, like, things change really quickly in the NBA, and maybe there will be, maybe there will be a, a championship contending team in Washington at some point. I don't see it, but maybe. Eh, yeah, that's a maybe. Uh, I guess we'll see what kind of moves they'll make then. Uh, on the on the Harden front, uh, Harden has been at least is reported he's going to sign something in the mid thirties, like some sort of extension in the mid thirties, and that the Sixers are also going to sign uh, PJ Tucker. I think th- thirty million for three years. So. That's pretty cool. Um, you know, good good on uh, James Harden for being willing to take a pay cut, I guess. But I, I don't I don't know what to think. I guess they're just trying to get the the former uh, Rockets team back together because you know Daryl Morey's there, Harden's there, and probably going to look for Eric Gordon soon. <laughs> just bring in Chris Paul somehow. I mean, <laughs> it's coming full circle. But uh, yeah, I don't know uh, if it'll be. Uh, I mean, it's moves, but I don't see how much it's going to change since uh, what PJ's already up and coming in age and Eric Gordon. I mean, it's Eric Gordon. That's nice, I guess. I mean, like, they're, I don't know. Like, they're, they've, they've hitched their, they've hitched their bandwagon to the Harden, to the Harden um, bandwagon. And I think that's just a trick. And like, you know, Joel Embiid, like bless his heart, it's just never healthy, especially around playoff time. I don't know, but he, they have the talents to win a championship. But Harden is declining. PJ Tucker is getting really old. Like P- Eric Gordon's getting up there in age too. So it's like, is this a championship team? If all things break their way, maybe. But like, yeah, I don't really see it. Unless Joel, Embi- unless you promise me Joel Embiid is going to be healthy through the playoffs. 
But even then, like, I don't know if that gets you a championship. No, maybe up to the second round, but yeah, I, it's... I think they can make a conference finals. I just don't see them getting to the finals. And even if they get to the finals, probably going to get waxed by whoever's in the West. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Just hope that Joel's all okay. And I think they should be fine. Yep. Okay. Well, on that end, do you have anything else you want to talk about? Mm-hmm. I don't think so. We're just waiting for more news from the Kings because I, I want to see some moves. I just want to see some moves. But so far, it's just a resign. So hopefully by tomorrow, there's something going to happen. Yep, we all do. Um, I just checked my phone. Nothing yet. Uh, I was hoping for some news to break. That'd be pretty awesome. But oh, yeah. that is uh, that is unfortunately not to be. Um, let's hope they don't do it by midnight. That'd be pretty annoying. But uh Okay, as it stands right now, no news. So, and I don't have anything else on my docket, and doesn't sound like you do either. So, um, that's all we have for this episode. Thank you guys for listening to this rather rambly uh, episode about, you know, about uh, free agency, something that the Kings don't always get to t- partake in, but hopefully they, they are able to make lemons out of lemonade, um, and you know, just go out there, just do something. Yeah, I guess we shall see. And uh, I guess when the news does flow in, we'll be right back at you. And I guess, well, uh, I don't know. Maybe there'll be big news during July 4th weekend. Possibly. We'll see. But like nowadays, like July 4th, no one waits till July 4th anymore. They sign like on the 1st or like Mm. agree on the 1st. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, if you don't have anything else, uh, let's call this a night and uh, we'll catch you guys back on the next one. Yeah, we'll see you guys later.